Good morning. Would you stand and sing with us, please?
Thank you for this day, and we thank you for this opportunity to come together again and worship you, dear Lord. We hope that, you, or we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today, so that we can receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen.
greet your neighbors. You and Bobby, him and me. Communion. Good morning. I want to welcome you all to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. It's a little bit different day today uh, with the band. They're doing uh, uh, bluegrass version of some of the songs we're doing, and I would just step aside and just listen to nine or ten of those. Um, they put a lot of work into uh, doing these songs this week, and I'm grateful for them uh, for doing that. We believe in radical hospitality, and in that pursuit, uh, we've created a beautiful new newsletter. That newsletter will go out digitally. It's in every, uh, it'll be in the emails that uh, we send out. So if you like to read it that way, that's fine. There's a print copy on the table in the back. And we're going to see how many copies we need to print. The newsletter will basically consist of a number of items that have been in the emails in the past couple weeks and a couple of projections going forward. So if um, email isn't your thing, the newsletter will give you every piece of information uh, we ever send to that. So make sure you um, check that out and pick one up. If you want to participate in our first Wednesday dinner, today is the last day to sign up for that. Put that in the attendance register. Just put your name and the number of people. And uh, Aaron is going to tell you why you want to come. Thanks, Joe. I'm Aaron Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries. And uh, the Wednesday night dinner, supper at 6 uh, this week, will have a menu of chicken with wild rice or meatloaf. You'll have a choice of your main entree. Kids have a choice between grilled or fried chicken fingers. And then with that, we'll have green beans, macaroni and cheese, roll, tea, and a chocolate cake for dessert. So I, I know I want to be there. But even um, past the food, um, there's a great reason to come, which is the James Brothers, which are a locally famous a cappella gospel duo, um, are going to come and sing for us. So we're really excited about that. We're actually going to meet in the social hall this week for that uh, meal, and I hope you'll all join us there. Thanks. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron wears three hats for us. She's the children's director children's choir director and our church administrator creating a lot of the things behind the scenes, including uh, the newsletter. So appreciate your work on that. Uh, we believe in passionate worship. It's a big deal to us and uh, striving towards that. Our children will sing in the 11 o'clock service next week. That means that they are practicing this week at 5 p.m. in the sanctuary today. Starting today at 5 p.m. you start right in the sanctuary. The children are going to go back and forth in between the two services as they sing. This month, I want you to be here all the time, but this month you want to be here, period, in our, ser in our worship services. In the 11 o'clock service next week, the children will sing. In the 11 o'clock service two weeks from today, Bishop Williman uh, will be here, um, and he'll be talking about his book and the number of things that we've done. He's also speaking in the social hall at 10 o'clock. If you're an adult Sunday school class or adult Sunday school class leader, I would encourage you on the 16th to come to the social hall. I think we'll pack it out, um, but I think it'll be a better space um, than being in here at 16th at 10. And on the 23rd, October 23rd, uh, we're celebrating Paige in this service. Um, Paige will be leaving us. We've talked a good bit about it. Um, it's very positive for them. 
Uh, we're sad for us. Paige and Daniel are engaged, and Daniel uh, now has a great new job left yesterday uh, for Florida, and Paige will be uh, joining him down there. Um, Bob and Bobby are back. Bob and Bobby are back. Bob and Bobby are back. I love them. When I look out there, it um, picks me up a little bit. Um, they are teaching starting tonight at 5.30, right? Um, they will announce on the 30th when we have fall festival what time that class will be. It would be slightly different, but otherwise just figure 5.30 in the social hall, and you're going to know more than when you walked in the door. Um, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this service, an opportunity to come together to pray together, to sing together, to read scripture together, to join around your table together. Use every instrument in this service, Lord, to pick us up, to inspire us, to show us your will. Use every element in this service to show how we fall short of what you're hoping we will do, but how we have every opportunity going forward in your purpose, your design, to uh, fulfill your will. Bless us as we gather, as we sing, as we pray, as we share a common table, the bread, and the cup, and inspire us as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We have everything uh, on our screen with the scripture and the main points, but if you ever want to follow the entire sermon along, we have uh, copies on the back table if you'd like to follow along. We're looking today at Acts chapter 9, week 7 of fear of the other, what God does with fear, what we do with uh, fear, how we are to respond to great fear, what our opportunities are to serve God regardless of what's going on around us. This is an important story, and it helps us um, tell the story of this entire theme. It starts with Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, it's a capital W, this is following Jesus Christ after his death and resurrection, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So here's your first phrase, bark and bite. Humans and dogs alike, you've heard the phrase, his bark is worse than his bite. And the general rule with either humans or dogs is that the more fear that individual feels and the less confident they feel in that particular setting, the more they're going to bark, the more they're going to say, the more they're going to raise up, the more they're going to put the hair up on their back because... They need people to know, I'm not scared, I'm not scared, right? I've been to the dog park a number of times on Highway 14 with our dog. He's, uh, 
He's a good 11 inches off the ground. Got to be. Maybe 11 and a quarter. Uh, not a barker, which is amazing. We wouldn't have a dog if he were a barker. Um, and you know what? In that dog park, things change in a hurry. And it has to do with who just walked in the fence. And it might be a, a someone brought a horse today to the dog park. Someone brought a miniature horse, this thing. And you know what? They never, ever, ever bark. Because they know I'm running this joint. <laughs> Little guys, sometimes they get going and get cranked up because they either want to be recognized or they want someone to know I'm not scared in this situation. Saul has both. He has bark and bite. He's using venomous words, but he is also binding people, and he is eliminating them because he wants to take out anyone who has anything to do with Jesus because, in his opinion, and in the opinion of his peers, they are going against the will of God, and so the only thing to do with them is to eliminate them. He has both bark and bike. How's he doing it? It's your second phrase, names on the list. You ever in a public setting or a business or a group gathering that you may or may not join and they ask for your email address and phone number? What do you do in that situation? You go, I don't know. I can't get an email a day from these people. Or I can't get a phone call a day from these people. I, in fact, have a fake email that I use for every single situation. Actually, off that email, Google will give you a number off that email. I have a fake number for every situation so that I can put that fake email and that fake number and check them about every six weeks just to make sure something isn't going on. The reason being, I get a crazy number of emails. I can't handle anymore, or else I might miss one. Think about the height of that image is hassle for me. The height of being on this list of fear is that Saul is going to find you and his people are going to find you. You need to have to ask yourself, I'd have to ask myself, would I be willing to put my name on a list of being a Christian if it meant that if someone found it, I was going to be in real trouble and my family was going to be in real trouble. But then here comes the third phrase, the light. Sort of two things we think of when we're thinking about the light. Uh, one is death. You know, I, I saw a white light. Um, that wouldn't be good in this situation. He wouldn't like that. The other one is, uh, has to do with clarity. You know, he saw the light. I saw the light. Uh, it's actually a verse that we sing all the time. Praise the Lord. Right? He has no clarity. He was just on his way somewhere to find some more people, to punish them in the name of God so that they could figure out how ignorant and hostile they were to God, and he's knocked off his horse and just sees a light. You know what his friends see? Just him knocked off the horse. You know what they hear? Nothing. Just him knocked off the horse. And you think like... Um, Seems like I reference Westerns a lot, but, you, you know, there's the, there's the guy, and then there's the four people off the guy, right? And they're following him. They're doing whatever he's doing. And you can bring the dogs into it, too. There's the big one, and then there's the four following him, doing whatever he's doing. Imagine the biggest, baddest person you've ever figured knocked off his horse and blinded 
and wondering what to do? What kind of uh, emotion would that bring about in you? Let's look at verse 5. Who are you, Lord? Capital L. He knows something. Saul asked, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. This is your next phrase. Breaks over. That's what I love about um, God and God's leaders and Jesus at times when he would call people. They would get flattened by whatever it was, emotionally or physically, and then he'd say, so let's go now. Come on now. I know you just got knocked off your horse. You have no idea what you're doing, and you're blind, and you have no idea what the future will hold. Let's go. And, of course, there's a double entendre there. He can't see, literally. But he also can't see what Jesus is trying to do. Scripture's doing that all the time. And what number did you hear there? How many days was he trying to find clarity? Three. What's significant about that? Any number of times people in Scripture are either confused or trying to find clarity, figure all is lost, and are trying to understand what the next step is for three days. You think he's um, confused. Let's look at verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered. I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with the authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, what? Go. <laughs> it's like um, 901 at the Kate house on a school night. And we've talked a lot about what we're doing and how we're doing. It's time to go to bed. And you're like, um, one more thing. Go. Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and all the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So here's your next phrase. What is it? Seriously. Go. Move on from your emotional and physical wounds and do what I said. How many times do human beings suffer with that? We've got a lot of emotional wounds. And we think, you know, really, I'd just like to sit here and think about my emotional wounds. Or we have physical wounds. You know, I would, but, you know, this bum ankle hurts. And my bum ankle doesn't hurt near as much as my emotional wounds hurt of when I was hurt 12 years ago when I was thinking about doing something. 12 years ago, somebody asked me to do a thing in church. This is, I'm, this is fictional. I'm just saying the average. Ministers, too. Twelve years ago, you know, somebody asked me to do something. I tried to do it. Somebody said, I don't know, I think that's dumb. So then I quit. 
and I'll never do it again. What? Heal your emotional and physical wounds and let's go. In fact, you know how the number one way to heal your emotional and physical wounds? Let's go. Ananias has a point. This dude kills everybody. He's tracking everybody. And he came to town to come get people like me. Yeah. Yeah, I want, I want you to go to him. And the way that you're going to heal your emotional wounds over what he's done is to heal his emotional wounds over what he's done. You ready? Go, he says. I like 17. Then Ananias went. Cool. We'll do. Ananias went to the house and entered it, placed his hands on Saul and said, what? Brother Saul. We're in this together. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me to you so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that a double entendre again? Yes. So that you can see what Jesus is talking about, and so you can actually see with your eyes and do something about it. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is where United Methodists got it. This is the order. It's your last phrase. Sacrament, meal, sending forth. Let's worship together. Let's use some sort of instrument that God has given us to establish grace and mercy and purpose. And then let's eat something. Let's have something awesome to eat. And then let's go forth. Over and over and over again, Christians have done this. Over and over and over again, we have done this. So consider something. One of two things has happened to you in the last three years, I'm guessing, if not both, and if not in less time than that. You thought that you were doing the thing that was in the name of God, and in so doing, you got disrupted, and you thought, I'm having clueless, and I have no idea what I'm supposed to do from here forward, just like Saul. At some point or another, you have been harmed by someone who thought they were doing something, in the name of God, you were harmed to the point that you said, that's it, I'm not trying again, I'm not coming again. In fact, it's kind of goofy for me to say this to y'all, be more importantly to say it to people who are not here, who used to be here, or used to be in another church, used to be somewhere else. That's it, that person did that thing, I'm done. Both pain, both sources of pain, which are the primary sources of pain in the life of the church, in my opinion, were healed in the same day by the two people joining together in the name of God. Now, we have two sacraments, baptism and Holy Communion. So we're not baptizing today, as they did in the text, but we are having Holy Communion. So as we read that liturgy together, and you actually read it, and you actually say it, and you actually mean it, Consider times in which you've been an impediment to the ways in which God has hoped that you would live your life. And consider ways in which others have been an impediment to the point that you said, I will not try again. 
and consider the healing nature of the sacrament, the table, the call of Jesus Christ to get up and go and do something amazing. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for your consistent gift of grace and mercy, for your consistent call on our lives and belief that we can do it. Help us, Lord, as we join around your table to be one body, one family, to have one mission that is to serve you. Amen. Please stand and join me in the modern affirmation together. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is all over his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. I'm going to have you stand and uh, remain standing and join me in the opening liturgy for communion. If you'll read the bold. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Public corporate confession is a crucial part of a worship service because it lets us know that we all equally fall short. Forgiveness is the other crucial element of a worship service. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. If you'll turn to one another and say, peace be with you, and have a seat. It's now time for our offering. Um, the uh, plate will come by, and you also uh, can give electronically. You can see that in the bulletin and on our website on how to do that.
I'm going to call our servers forward, Bobby, Charlie, and Paige. Very, very simple elements. Jesus used them all the time to do very, very significant things. At that meal with his disciples, as everyone was brokenhearted or angry or confused or upset, he pulled them aside and he said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the meal, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God. And he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. These are people who have heard of many covenants from their ancestors, from their grandparents, from their parents. They've told their children about covenants. This is a new one. He said, this is my new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And long after this day, as often as you drink it, Remember this. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward are welcome to do so. We serve by intinction, which means one of our servers will, well, first of all, you'll come down the middle aisle and follow the crowd. Um, we'll serve by intention, which means one of our servers will give you a piece of bread. You dip the bread into the cup of our other, other server, and you eat it and return to your um, chair for a time of silent prayer and reflection. We have um, gluten-free bread that's right here on the table. If you should like that, just bypass one of us and um, get the gluten-free bread. I also want to give you opportunity, ushers, if y'all will be ready, if y'all want to raise your hand during communion and share a prayer request, um, with our Tuesday prayer group. If you'll raise your hand, they'll bring you a card, and you can fill out that card, and we'll give it um, to our Tuesday prayer group. We're going to serve our band first, and then we're going to ask these front rows to come. broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you.
Let's pray together. Lord, we often bless the meal before we eat. We ask that you bless us after this meal. That from this point forward, we can use the tables that we will sit around for the remainder of this week 
to create opportunity to heal physical and emotional wounds that others may know your love through our word. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us? I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. y'all always doing fun stuff. Jim putting some time in on the mandolin. I like the Austin style. As the month turned over, they said, how about we do snacks, greeting, usher, and set up the gym. This entire service is brought to you by the Austins uh, today. Thank y'all for um, your help this entire month. Um, if you see people in this church that are um, what I call non-digitals, um, they're not big on email, they're not big on websites, not big on cell phones, computers, tell them we have the newsletter. Show them the newsletter. Um, because it'll have everything that they need, and we want to respond to both digitals and non-digitals alike. 530, 
Um, Bob and Bobby will be back. Children go to the sanctuary at 5 p.m. tonight. Start off there for choir. Thank you all so much for being here. We're grateful that you're here. We hope that you'll be blessed going forward. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.